understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, Stranded family, and welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. I am your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and this is the second half to an episode done last week. If you have not caught it, I need you to go check it out because this is only the most important other half of the first half that you must hear. Last week, we discussed and owned this gaping hole, this gap, this place where we find ourselves unsure of who we are, where or who we identify with, what's next for us, because we've lost ourselves in the world of meeting expectations and roles for everyone around us. We owned together that we have lost ourselves in the pursuit of happiness in other people. And I'm not saying that we relied our happiness on other people and gave them the key to our happiness, but we work consciously, endlessly on validation from other people that we do, do, do for everyone else, for our spouse, for our parents, for our children, only to wake up one day feeling dead inside. And I know that sounds so deep and morbid, but it's true. I said this on the last episode, but why don't you ever wonder why one of the deepest question that questions that makes us squirm is, you know, Jessica, how does that, how does that make you feel? Does that make you happy? Does he make you happy? Does doing that make you happy? How does choosing this make you feel? We don't ever know the answer because we only know how to answer things when we know how, when we do something, how it makes other people feel. We only know how to make decisions and act off of things when we know how it's going to make other people feel. We don't even know how to acknowledge our damn feelings because we have lost ourselves in performing and the act of showing up for everyone else. We know how it's going to make our kids feel. We know how it's going to make our spouse feel. We know how it's going to make our parents feel. We know how it's going to make our friends feel, but we don't know how it's going to make us feel because we have eliminated that concept from our mind because we put it last on the list. So last week's episode was all about owning the fact that we have indeed by chance, I'm not saying all of us, but most of us, myself included, have lost ourselves in other people. And so now that we have that ownership, the question must become, how do we become more of ourselves? How do we enroll in the journey of becoming more of ourselves? How do we find ourselves after that acknowledgement? And you guys know, if you're a longtime listener of the stranded phase, I don't come without applicable concepts. I'm not going to tell you something and we going to own some shit together and hurt your feelings if I don't have some ideas or concepts for you to use that are applicable to start making the shift. I don't have all the answers, but we can start making this shift together. And so before we get into these 10 things, 10, 10, you're going you to need a notebook for this one. 
but you have to play it back a couple times. This will be a quotable podcast, so prepare yourself. And make sure if you guys are listening, I I meet new people every day that are longtime listeners that don't follow me on Instagram, that have never DM'd me. I am nice, y'all, I swear. I know I'm like your, your mentor who cusses you out, you know, the stranger danger that cusses you out, but I would love to meet you on the gram. So uh, follow me on Instagram at Jessica Hurley underscore. So I can show you some love, give you a virtual hug, follow you back and learn more and know more about who you are and where you're at in your journey. So make sure you follow me and make sure you share this with a friend. And if you have never written a review on the Stranded Podcast on iTunes before, please, please, please write a review. I don't care if it's about this episode. I don't care if it's about something I said, and I don't care if you say it sucks, but if you write a review, screenshot it, send it to me, and I would love to send you a personal thank you and even maybe something special. So before we jump into these 10 applicable things, the first thing, first and foremost, was our acknowledgement. We acknowledged that we've all already had that day, that moment, that phase, that season, or maybe even that now where we woke up one day and we're like, why, why do I feel this? And the part that's so difficult about acknowledgement, and I want you to give yourself some grace for and own that you even had the power to acknowledge it was because acknowledging it also makes us feel very ungrateful, right? Because for me, for instance, to even freaking say that I've lost my identity at times in other people, I immediately after that think, well, I have a great home. I have a great man. I have two awesome kids. I have the financial stability to do almost anything and everything that my heart desires now. I'm on the path to creating the life I desire. So Holy ungrateful of me do I sound to say that I still feel lost inside and I'm still not sure who I am. It feels ungrateful. It feels like you're just, just in order to acknowledge this, it feels like you're constantly teeter-tottering on this line. Like I just, I just imagine a circus, someone white walking this type tightrope and you're waving, wavering back and forth between, I have this like soul crunching feeling that I want more, that I'm like, this is it. This is it. Like, yes, I'm married or yes, I'm in a relationship. And yes, my spouse is great. And yes, I have children and I have all the things, but I have this like itch, like this craving, like this question, like, is this it? And you know what that question does, right? It makes you question everything. That question for purpose divine assignment for divinity, like that question when unanswered will make us question everything else. It will make us create insecurities everywhere else, right? And we'll get into that in a minute. But when you ask yourself this question, you immediately follow it with, well, what if I'm just ungrateful? What if I have everything I need and I just need to practice more gratitude? This is everything they say we're supposed to have. And if I have it, what's wrong with me? I need you to acknowledge or give yourself some grace for the fact that one, we are acknowledging that there are times that we don't know who we are because we've placed our identity in pleasing everyone else. And two, after you give yourself some credit for acknowledging that too, I need you to understand that you are not crazy for wanting more. There's nothing wrong with you. And bottom line is you are not ungrateful. You are not ungrateful. This itch, this soul quench this desire to want more is simply saying, yes, 
the universe says, yes, I gifted you with children and a home and a car and a man and a family and support and friends and people that love you. But that is not your purpose. That is not your purpose. Good friends are not your purpose. Your children are not your purpose. Supporting your man and his goals and living in his shadows is not your purpose. Every single human on this earth has a divine purpose. And that soul-wrenching feeling is the gut-wrenching feeling that is actually asking you and requiring of you to acknowledge that there is still an unfulfilled mission on this earth that you have yet to walk or step into. You are not crazy. You are having and acknowledging real feelings that mean that you were meant for more. You were meant for more. So you're acknowledging, you're owning that you're not crazy. You are special. You are incredible. You were created with purpose and a mission and you have yet to fulfill it yet. So thank, just thank God that the universe is waking you up and calling you to that purpose. And then I want you to own your discontentment. Own the discontentment because when you give it a box to live in, now we know where it belongs, right? So this feeling of waking up, feeling unfulfilled, now you can assign it to something, right? Because this is why we go to therapy. This is why we have wine and dine nights with our girlfriends and we just yap, yap, yap until we like leave and we just feel so unfinished and unclear. Give the discomfort, own the discomfort and give it an assignment, like assign it to something, right? Because then like I'll go back to that. We talked about this earlier. When you are questioning this unfulfillment, what do we do? First, we try to assign it to all types of different things. Well, maybe 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 this is mom guilt. Maybe I don't like being a mom. Maybe maybe my spouse isn't the one for me. Maybe he's not giving me enough attention. Maybe he's not loving me enough. Maybe he's cheating. Oh my god, maybe he's cheating. Like, you know, maybe I hate my job. Maybe like we start trying to assign the shit to all type of stuff. And then when we don't know what to assign it to, then you know what we start doing after that? We start trying to fill it like a void with all type of crap. Well, like maybe I just need to be sexier. Maybe Maybe I need to have more sex. Maybe I need to um, make more money. Maybe if I make more money, then I can get this unfulfillment to go away. You know, maybe if I spend more time with my kids, maybe if I quit my job and spend more time with my kids and become a home, a stay at home mom, maybe I'll, I'll fill this void of unfulfillment. Like then we start trying to fill it with shit, right? No, 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 no. Own the discontentment and then assign it to the fact that you have done all your due diligence. You've met the expectations. You've fulfilled all the roles and you are struggling with unfulfillment because your kids and your spouse and your career are not your purpose. And this is not saying for some of you, your career is not your purpose. But if you have this feeling Your career is not your purpose. There is still something that you were put on this earth to do, a divine assignment, a mission that you have yet to fulfill. And that's where the feeling of unfulfillment comes from. So let's assign it to the calling on your purpose that you have yet to encounter. Let's assign it to that so that you can set free the fact that there's nothing wrong with your spouse. There's nothing wrong with your children. There's nothing wrong with your friends, the friends that you think are shitty. There's nothing wrong with any of them. This again falls right back on you owning that there's way more to your life than what you're living it out to be right now. 
and it is no one else else's fault but yours. But own the discontentment. Because if you don't own it, you try to assign it to something else, you try to fill it with something else, or you try to ignore it and you just suppress tons of discomfort and discontentment that leads to stress, anxiety, and eventually depression. So own your discontentment. Okay. This feeling I have when I wake up every morning, this feeling I have when I go to bed, every time I put my kids to bed or give them a bath and then make dinner and feed them and, you know, brush their teeth and get them all in bed and lay in bed exhausted and think to myself, is this it? That's a real fucking feeling. It's real. You're allowed to feel that way. So look in the mirror, look in the mirror and honestly tell yourself, who do you see? Do you see a mom? Do you just see a mom? Do you see just a wife? Are you just a wife? Are you just a friend? Are you just a bitch? Like what? I'm not assigning any of these to you. Who do you see? And if you don't know who you are, when you look in the mirror, I'll give you a much more modern example of how to find out who you are. Look at your Instagram. Look at your Instagram. What do you post the most? Who do you, who are you the most, right? What's the most prevalent about you? The trait that you promote the most, right? You know what I'm talking about because you can go to a stranger's page right now and be like, wow, this, this woman is obsessed with being a mom. Wow, this woman is obsessed with her career. Wow, this woman is obsessed with being a wife. That's like, she's obsessed with being a wife. Oh, it's her and all her friends going out. Like she's obsessed with being seen and and being a good friend. Like go look at your Instagram. What are you the most of? And this doesn't make you wrong, but it's going to tell you all of the roles or the role that you've allowed to take over the space that is just taking up all the space for your real destiny. The shit that you have got to set yourself free from and clear up. Now, when I say that, obviously we can't get rid of being a mother. We can't get rid of our spouses. But these roles and these expectations that we have put at the forefront are the very things that the the things that we identify with the most are the very things that cover up the space for our divine assignment, for our mission, for our destiny. So look in the mirror and acknowledge who that is. Am I like, mom life 24 seven? Am I super superhero wifey 24 seven? Am I Instagram model 24 seven? Which one of these am I taking the most ownership in so that I can know what I need to let go of so that I can create space for my assignment? Go look in the mirror or go look on Instagram. So now, now, We're going to jump into 10 ways. Now, this is not in a book. This is not backed by science. These are just things that I have done on my journey, on my four-year journey to self-awareness and then self-acceptance and then self-love, right? Acceptance, awareness, and love because those are three separate things and it's a journey that starts with awareness, then acceptance, and then love. And there's so many things that I've done on this journey, but I'm going to like really open up the 10 things that I feel like have been the most instrumental in me, more myself, not pleasing other people, not, not meeting your goals, not none of that. 
discovery of self, becoming more of myself. So if you have woken up, if you're just tuning in and you have woken up in a season or a moment or a day this year, during the pandemic, last year, recently, yesterday, and realized that you feel like you're lost, the least like yourself, don't even know how to answer what makes you happy. These 10 things are things that I want you to begin adopting right now. I don't care if you pick up on four of them. I promise you one of them will help you today. So number one, identify your love language. Identify your love language and practice it on yourself. Keyword on yourself, right? What do we do? We pick up the book, five love languages. There's only five love languages. We find out which one we supposedly identify with, which I don't know about you, but it was extremely hard for me. I had to take the damn test online. There's a test online to find out what your love language is, but we figure out which one we identify with. And then we tell our partner or our friends and we, we expect them to fulfill that need. No, you go fulfill it. You go fulfill it. Right. One of mine's is word, words of affirmation. If I relied on Chris to do words of affirmation, he'd fail me every freaking time because that is the, that's the last one on his list. Words don't mean anything to him. So he's never going to give it to me. So I have to give it to me. I have to journal every day. There was years where I used to put sticky notes everywhere. I have to journal every day. I have to say to myself every single day, I expand in love, success, and abundance every day. And every day I inspire others to do so. I expand in love, success, and abundance every day. And every day I inspire other people to do so. I have to give those words of affirmation to me. So if it's words of affirmation, acts of service, acts of service, I think it's, yeah, acts of service, or like, again, physical touch is a little bit different, but giving these things to yourself, that is your job and no one else's. Five love languages, they never said, like, they said, this is how you work out with a perfect pair is giving each other what the other one needs instead of what we need. We tend to rely on the other person to give us what we need. When in reality, nobody could give it to us better than ourselves. Find out what your love language is and then give it to yourself abundantly. Number two, easy, (laughs) go explore and do it alone. And when I say explore, do things that you typically would never do alone. And this could be anything, but please, I beg you in this last quarter, do two things alone, two things that you normally would not do without someone do them alone. I'm not talking about taking a fucking walk. I'm talking about a cooking class, a dance class, um, a guitar class, um, a language class, like a Spanish class, a fitness class, travel alone, you know, try things alone. Try things alone because we don't, we have no clue how reliant we are on others' energy until we're alone. Have you ever noticed that? Like how reliant we are on other people's energy. When you're on an airplane alone, you're really like, and again, a lot of people enjoy this. I truthfully love putting in my earbuds and listening to a podcast by myself. But when you're like, your your whole energy is different. When you don't have that energy to rely, like, You're not relying on someone else's energy to make or break your mood or give you a level of comfort. I beg you, do something alone. Do something big alone. Like something that is 
like one hell of a commitment. That's why I said a walk is irrelevant, but like guitar lessons, like doing 10 guitar lessons alone, you know, doing 20 dance lessons alone, doing traveling all over, like traveling somewhere and staying there for three or four days alone. You need to be alone. Your soul craves clarity. Clarity comes alone. Because otherwise you're going to think you're gaining clarity and you're just going to be validating what you think is clarity in other people. Explore alone. Number three, journal. If you have not caught these other podcast episodes, please, please go back. I've talked about it three different times, but if you don't know how to journal and you struggle journaling, Google like journal prompts. You can Google journal prompts. You can say 365 days of journal prompts and write one page in your journal every day. You can talk to yourself in that journal like you're talking to your homeboy. Like I used to talk to God in my journals. Like I was like, what's up? Here's what's going on. How are you? Like whatever you have to do, but these feelings have to come out. And if you need more structure, Google journal prompts. If you really want something that works that I have that has proven to work is something that was given to me, which is the give strategy. G-I-V-E, gratitude, intention, vision, execution. Four things of gratitude every morning, one intention, two visions. I do 90 days and one year out and execution. I write down four to five things that I can do today to grow my business and grow myself. Give strategy, but journal, journal, journal. I have been doing this for four, three and a half years now. I don't go anywhere without my journal. If I have a doctor's appointment in the morning, journal goes with me. If I go out of town for a week, journal goes with me. I cannot not have this thing with me. It is like a medicine. Get used to journaling. Journal, journal everything. Number four, expand yourself. Extend yourself to try some new, unique practices of healing with intention, right? So, I don't know where you are at in your journey, but I've talked about this before. But for me, where I'm at in my journey, I am obsessed with new methods of um, like self-awareness, like that, that internal, um, that, that internal talk, how deep can I go? What methods can I use? And what can I do for healing? Because to me, surface level healing isn't enough. I want to know everything about me, every strand of my being, every decision that is made, every piece of trauma, every way that I am me so that I can properly heal, right? Because we, we so many times want to rely on surface level healing. We have a conversation with a girlfriend and we think that's healing, right? We think that if we journal one night about everything, we think that's healing. Like, and I'm not saying live in this land or stay here, but the deeper you go, the more you uncover, the more you become more of yourself, the less bullshit you put up with. One thing I have noticed for sure is the deeper I dive into myself, the more I heal, the more I heal, the more I value my worth, the more I value my worth, the less bullshit I put up with and the more boundaries I set. You don't set boundaries and you don't value your worth because you don't know who the fuck you are. You have to know who you are. And in order to know who you are, you have to look back and you have no idea how many things you have suppressed 
deleted from your subconscious and completely ignored because it pained you once and your ego who's always in control said well we're just we're just gonna we don't want to remember that that was a mess so you have completely eliminated that from your thought process and now it is somewhere so deep down there holding and possessing an energy that controls so many of your decisions so extend yourself to alternative methods of healing with intention And I haven't even gotten as deep into this as I would like. I know so many people that do things that, by God, one day, like I can't wait. But just some of the things I've tried this year, like manifesting, pulling cards, card reads. And I'm not talking about like a, um, a, what do you call this? Like a card reader that kind of tells you your future. I'm talking about like pulling my own cards and journaling around that and uncovering things that you know, set me into a deep cry, thinking about memories that I had completely forgotten, deep meditation, um, breath work. Breath work is incredible. Every time I do breath work, I see something I've never seen before, either a memory or I future cast something like I can see myself clear as day moving in my future doing things that I think I have been unable to acknowledge that I want while I'm trying to remain humble. So I see things when I do breath work sessions, deep meditation, deep deep meditation, like whether you're doing it with yoga or music or sound. Uh, I even did sound bowls this year, which was like the most incredible form of meditation. I saw things in my childhood and childhood friends. And I saw all these like intricate moments of my childhood that I had completely forgotten about completely. Um, Yoga, like your goal is just more mindfulness, right? How to be more in control of your emotions, more in control of your thoughts and the deepest version of you so that you always know who you are and what matters to you. That is only going to come with expanding yourself with alternative methods to healing and deep dives. So number four, extend yourself, really expand yourself to try alternative methods of healing. Number five, change your friends. Like I'm exhausted with saying this, but I have to say it because I have to remind myself of this time and time again. It's not a one-time thing. Um, I'm not saying switch your friends out like underwear, but it is so important who you surround yourself with. It's like fruit, y'all. It's literally like fruit. Like when I get home, I bring the bananas home. I break them up immediately while they're green, right? Because if they stay together, one of them is going to rot and then it is going to rot the rest of them immediately. You are the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. If you have sour friends, bitter friends, not understanding friends, hating ass friends, I'm not even, I don't even know, but if they are not trying to level you up, support you, believe in you, or really uplift you, this is part of the problem. This is part of the problem. You you could have a soul wrenching feeling to level the hell up, but you've got five friends that subconsciously you won't make moves because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or you're afraid they'll tell you no, but really, you know, it's because they'll never do it. Change your friends. And again, I say this all the time. This is, it's not like a drop off. You're not like, Hey, you got to go so I can let somebody else in, but you have to understand that you outgrow people and you do have to create space for bringing new people in. So extend yourself to meet new people like network, do these virtual conferences, go to coffee shops, like talk to other entrepreneurs, DM somebody, like be in these Facebook groups, schedule a phone call with somebody that you like what they're talking about, like create these relationships. They will not steer you wrong. This year I have created relationships with people that 
I want to be best friends with and do business with. Like some of the most incredible people that support me, uplift me, believe in me, and don't doubt me for a fucking second. And they won't even stand for me doubting myself. That's different. They won't even stand for me doubting myself. Change your friends. Number six, fail, fail fast, and then document it. And this is coming from a valuable business lesson I learned. Failing hurts, right? It's like falling. Um, But if it is a faint memory, if you don't hurt yourself bad enough, you'll probably do it again, right? If you don't remember the consequence of it. And in business, I have often noticed that you can fail and move on. And if you don't figure out how to prevent it from happening again, or you don't document those failures in some way, shape or form, either documenting how to fix it moving forward or documenting that failure to share with other people, you very likely can make the same mistake again. So in order for you to use your failures to your advantage, document them, remember them, map out how to not let that happen again. Make it part of your mental processes moving forward. Fail, love it, welcome it, own it, thank it. And then find a way to weave it into your processes of how do I make sure this doesn't happen again? Number seven, don't be a fake finisher. Don't be a fake finisher. Don't be a fake finisher. This is my favorite. I've been working from with my um, high performance coach since May. It's now October. He got on a call with me the other day and he said, you know, I finally realized what your problem is. And I was like, what? He was like, you don't like to finish. And my ego, my defense mechanism jumped out. I was like, no, because if I wasn't a finisher, I wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't be making this income. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be doing that. And he was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're lazy. I'm not saying that you're unmotivated. I'm saying you start things that scare you and then you don't finish them because you replace that. Like when you don't know how to do something, you just go back to your busy work instead of like digging through the mud, instead of wiggling your way through it, instead of asking for help, you'll just go back to whatever is easy and hope or pray or just pretend it goes unnoticed. You won't go finish the hard thing. And I was like, damn. And what I'm really learning, and I heard this other day on a podcast is like said so perfectly is we are truly addicted to the idea of starting things. We are addicted to the idea of telling people we're going to start a business. We're addicted to the idea of doing something we're passionate about. Nobody is addicted to finishing. Nobody. So don't be a fake finisher. Number eight, understanding the difference between self-acceptance and self-love. This could be an entire fucking episode. So I'll, I'll tread lightly on this, but I heard this on a podcast episode recently and it really blew me like wide open that self-acceptance has an end. Like it has an end. And the way she explained it was so beautifully, like when you accept something, you accept an apology and that's the end, right? You have to choose how you feel moving forward after that. Like to accept money from someone, you receive it and that's the end, right? 
And so self-acceptance isn't good enough. Like for us to be riding on the coattails of this journey and saying, well, you know, I'm learning self-awareness and self-acceptance. There's another piece to this and it's self-love. Many of us are struggling because we haven't even accepted who we are yet. We have no awareness, no deep thoughts, don't know why we are the way we are, know nothing about our trauma, nothing about our suppressed feelings. And then we want to learn to accept ourselves. And we have to understand that even when we get to that place of accepting ourselves for every mistake, every bit of who we are, every bit of ourselves that we lost in bad relationships, other people and our parents, our children, our, you know, mom bod that we don't love anymore because we decided to have children, like every bit of ourselves that we lost. We still have to decide that after that level of acceptance, there's something else and it's a brand new journey. The acceptance is the finish. Like that's the, that's the ownership. Then after that is a brand new journey of self love, which are all of these things, self love. And I heard it somewhere else, like self-love is wanting to change something, but still loving it, right? Like still like loving your smile, but still wanting to whiten your teeth a little bit more. Loving your tummy, even though you still work out every day. Like self-love doesn't mean you just love it and then stop trying to change it. Self-love is a deep, deep, deep journey of learning to love you for exactly the way you look, you are, you present yourself, you show up, you behave, not behave, you act, you are with or without the performance, with or without the change, with or without doing the thing. So constantly remind yourself that after self-acceptance you're on, then start your journey of self-love. And if I could say self-love in a sentence, It's learning to love yourself so much that you literally become selfish. That you literally put yourself first. That you love yourself so much that you put yourself first. Because I'm telling you, and this is going to sound so harsh to so many people that have learned things the way that they have learned, but there has been nothing more powerful than me putting myself before my man and my kids. Because I can always tell when I'm losing my shit. And it's when I, I start getting overwhelmed and feeling anxious. And what do we do? We start blaming it on work. We start blaming it on overwhelm. We start blaming it on too much work, uh, too many expectations. Everybody wants something from us, this, that, and the third. And I had this crazy aha moment the other day that overwhelm and anxiousness is not from everyone else. It is the constant decision you're making to say yes to everyone else. And in the process, saying no to yourself, you're piling up yeses that come with responsibilities in a bucket that keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier until yours becomes empty and it tips over. That anxious and overwhelm comes from too many yeses to other people that are causing you to say no to yourself. That's the level of self-love that you want to accomplish, that you want to get to, that you want to achieve is knowing like that sounds like it's not me. That sounds like too much of me right now. That sounds like that would overwhelm me right now. I just want to love myself right now. I want to put me first before the kids, before the man, before the friends, for the career, 
before the goals, for the expectations, that level of self-love. Number nine. I hate using morbid phrases, but understanding that death to one season opens up beauty to another. And I've heard a lot of people online saying lately that like, we should not be obsessed with the thought that you have to have some form of trauma or pain to experience something good. And while I understand that, I know a lot of people in pain, a lot of people in pain, like the wide range of suffering, whether it's being jobless from this pandemic, whether it's waking up during this pandemic and really realizing you're so little of you that you don't even know where to begin, you know, losing and grieving over family members, losing relationships, broken marriages, divorces, like bad decisions, you know, not knowing what's next in life, feeling lost, There is a wide range of suffering. And what I want you to know is that that all gets to come to an end. It all gets to come to an end when you choose to. And that, that end, that death of self during that time is birth to beautiful. And the only way I could think of it today was like, you know, when fall ends, Fall comes and it's so freaking beautiful. Like the leaves are everywhere. I mean, it depends on where you're at. Florida, we get it for like six days. No big deal. You know, but the leaves are everywhere. You get this beautiful color in the sky. There's just everything's so gorgeous. And as we enter into winter, it's like the trees become bare. We're over it. We're tired of the leaves. Like we're tired of the half hot, half cold. Like we're just over it. And as that season ends, we exit into the beginning of another beautiful season. You know, ice cold weather, holidays, family, warmth, like fire, just like this, this beautiful season that is something else. And I heard it on a podcast the other day. She said, we have to accept that we live so many lives amidst our one life. So many seasons, we're so many different people throughout our lives and we We die in one season to birth another. Be okay with knowing that this self, this self that's carrying you in this suffering season has to die. That's going to come with change. That's going to come with discomfort. That's going to come with confusion, lack of clarity. But to get to that deeper, clearer, less congested version of yourself there will have to be an end to that. There will have to be death of self. Oh, and I wanted to share this because I heard this on a podcast. It said, your death of self will lead to the birth of a new DNA. And she used the abbreviation, destiny, nature, and aspirations that change. So write that down. And that's not mine. I thought it was so damn cool though. She said, you know, death, that death, that unconsciousness experience that you endure after pain, right? Like after a breakup, you feel numb for months at a time. You know, after losing a job, you feel numb for months at a time. And then when you finally come back, it's like this rejuvenation. You feel like a new person. You have new purpose. You have new excitement. You have new energy. 
that it is the birth of a new DNA, a new destiny, a new nature, and, and new aspirations, because they all change, because they've been changed by the experience of your pain. And that's perfectly okay. And I'm going to encourage you guys to check out a book before I get into 10. It is called Something More by Sarah Brethnick, I think, Sarah B, Something More. And a lot of this, um, I got that that DNA quote from her book. And it is incredible. I'm only halfway through and it is incredible. So check out something more with Sarah B. And then last but not least, we touched on this, but I'm going to take it a step further. Number 10, don't expect a change without, don't expect a change while avoiding the spiritual aspect of it all. I think, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the journey of finding your most authentic self that already exists is so damn deep that it's going to require a level of spirituality and acknowledging the universe and everything around you and how it conspires to help you and not hurt you that you cannot be surface level with it. I talked about this on my Instagram the other day and I'll share this with you guys. I talked about how I realized that we're given um, gifts throughout our life that bring different experiences and how I've realized that the microphone for me is an incredible gift. Like it is a tool that the universe gave me that does not put up with my bullshit. It's like a spiritual experience every time I turn on the mic. Most podcast episodes I record, I record with my eyes closed. So if I ever have a podcast studio, I'm going to look like a ridiculous fool when I interview people because they're going to be like, why are your eyes closed? This is such a spiritual experience for me because my microphone doesn't put up with my bullshit. It literally is like, do not turn this thing on unless you are prepared to be brutally honest. Dig deep. Don't be surface level about anything and give it your all. And if you're not, don't turn, don't turn me on. Don't, don't even press the fucking button. Don't waste your time. And I, I really want you to look at your transformation that way at becoming more of yourself, finding more of yourself is that you can't do it from a surface level view. You can't sugarcoat this. You can't tiptoe on it. It, it will not work. Your, your, your most desired authentic self is already in there, but she's so damn deep in there that you're going to have to get a little spiritual with her. You're going to have to take a no bullshit approach. You're going to have to be brutally honest with her to find her or else she's going to be like, nope, you're not ready. I'm not coming out. You have to, you have to get a little spiritual. Now I know 10 things is overwhelming and it's a lot, especially if you're busy right now working, driving on a treadmill, but I'm just going to go over these one more time. The 10 things that we covered, we discussed that are applicable tools that if you just picked up a few right now could really help you on this journey to getting out of where we've lost ourselves to becoming more of ourselves. Number one, identifying and practicing your love language on yourself Number two, explore alone. Number three, journal, journal prompts. Use the give strategy, but journal, journal, journal. 
Number four, extend yourself, expand yourself, try unique practices of healing with intention, hypnosis, sound bowls, meditation, manifesting, yoga, just more mindfulness and deep dives into you. Number five, change your friends. Number six, fail, document it, come up with new processes. Number seven, self-acceptance versus self-love, knowing the difference, uncovering more self-love. Number eight, don't be a damn fake finisher. Be a finisher. Number nine, acknowledging that death in one season births beauty in another, a new DNA. And number 10, don't be afraid of the spiritual aspect. If you're afraid of it, it's because you already know that there's something in there that you are so scared to acknowledge and uncover that you might just bring about the most kind heart, the most incredible version, deep woman with a divine assignment in there that you have been hiding all along because of some decision, some form of trauma, some mistake, some problem, something that you think or circumstance that has developed who you are. And it's so not true. Get deep with her, find her, own her, love her and acknowledge her and lift her on the pedestal that she deserves to be on so that you can walk in confidence, in purpose, in your calling, fill your fucking cup and build the legacy and fulfill the mission that you were put on this earth to fulfill. Stranded family, those of you listening, I freaking love you guys. I hope this episode was helpful. Helpful. Talk to you soon. Sending you so much love. Make sure you tag me if you're listening. I look forward to giving you a hug and showing you so much love. See you guys soon. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.